Hello, and welcome to the Casa Bonita podcast, a podcast about the Denver real estate market with a side of pop culture and local history. Every week, we'll go over topics such as average days on market for a Cap Hill condo, how Thanos's infinity gauntlet would affect the real estate market, tips and tricks for making your Casa Mas Bonita, and fun facts about our namesake, the restaurant in Lakewood, Colorado, made famous by South Park, Casa Bonita. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, broker owner of Bluebird Real Estate Group with locations in Lakewood, Colorado and Boulder County, Colorado, Claire Spar. Like lots of folks this year during the coronavirus pandemic, my household jumped on the backyard chickens bandwagon. The project was spearheaded by my husband, Thomas, but everyone in the household has been involved to some degree, be it caretaking, assisting with outdoor chicken run construction, watching them do their chicken thing, sharing chicken stories, or sampling the eggs that they recently started to lay. Despite their surge in popularity, some folks are still on the fence about bringing backyard chickens into their lives. Totally understandable. It's not for everyone. In episode five of the Casa Bonita podcast, we are going to do a deep dive into raising backyard chickens, the cute, the delicious, and the stinky. First, I'll share my conversation with my good friend, Nikki, who tells me about her eight-year aspiration to become a chicken mama. Then I'll take you back in time a couple of months to some interviews that I conducted with my son, Zephyr, and my husband, Thomas. Zephyr humored me and kindly agreed to talk chickens on the record for a few minutes. Later that morning, I cornered my husband, Thomas, who has suffered through many years of my creative projects. After I buttered him up with a gigantic cup of coffee, he let me turn on the mic, and we explored how backyard chickens affect property values. We discussed some of the logistics of getting and caring for chickens. And of course, I shared some Casa Bonita fun facts with him. If you listened to an earlier episode of this podcast, Home Organizing Convo with Stephanie, then you know that I live in a multi-generation household that includes my husband, my son, my parents, two dogs, the five chickens, of course, and we recently added a member of the family, Paco, our feisty long-haired tuxedo kitten. I recorded the interviews with Zephyr and Thomas at home on a Saturday morning when there was a lot of household action going on. So you're going to hear dog toenails clicking on the hardwood floor, my dad, also known as Pappy, working with Zephyr on a project in the background, and Zephyr was also very excited to come into the room where Thomas and I were talking and drinking coffee to express his enthusiasm for the subject with the simple exclamation, CHICKEN! In recent weeks, the chickens have started laying eggs, so I pulled out my recording equipment once again, and Thomas and I revisited the conversation. By that time, I had discussed Nikki's chicken goals with Thomas, and I asked him to weigh in with some information that may help Nikki and her husband David with their decision. I hope this episode will be entertaining for anyone who listens, and informative for folks who are considering getting backyard chickens of their own. My other goal for this episode is to have something to listen to in my golden years to remember this experience. Thanks for listening. Stick around. Now, on to my conversation with Nikki. So you are thinking about bringing 
some poultry into your life. So much. I love it. I want to. <laughs> so, you know, because y- your husband, Thomas, sold my house. Um, yep. I just moved to a new house in Central Park. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a nice big backyard. And it's southwest facing, unlike my last oh, no. little tiny north facing one. Yeah. But. I have wanted chickens since I bought a house. I've never owned a house till we moved here. Um, and David, uh-huh. when we first moved, was like, we can get bees. And I was like, why would we get bees when we could get chickens? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been eight years <laughs> since I have wanted chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Um, but now two months in it's a really nice place and when we first bought the place and they started to build David mm-hmm. was like let's get chickens because he had <gasps> just talked to his friend who had chickens so I'm hoping that he'll come around to it again did he like suggest it and then he was like uh, I'm having second thoughts right exactly. or like it just hasn't come up again Oh, no, it's come up because (laughs) I'm going to turn my backyard into like a French cottage vegetable garden. And he said I could put a greenhouse back there. And so I thought that I could just put a chicken coop right next to it. And it would be perfect because they could eat the Japanese beetles. Oh, totally. I collected a whole bunch of Japanese beetles and fed them to the chickens. They love them, and I would love they to love plant them. grapes, but I am terrified of planting them and encouraging mm. swarms of beetles, beetles to my house. Yes. We had so many on our property this year. It was insane. Like, I thought that this viney thing we had, it wasn't grapes, but it was some other kind of viney fence climbing thing, and I thought it was like... <laughs> dried out yeah, I thought it was dried out like but I looked closer and there were just like a bajillion Japanese beetles on it and they had just eaten away all the leaves and so it was just all stems it was just like the skeleton of the leaves yes. left yeah oh. yeah so um so I co- so I took one of those big you know those um the big like tubs that salad greens come in Oh, yeah. It was like one of those gigantic ones. I took it over to the thing. And through trial and error, I learned that if you try to snatch a beetle off of a plant, it'll just like jump off. You can just knock them. Yeah. So I just knocked them into the thing. And I and I brought them over to the chickens. I must have brought like 50 over to the chickens. And they were and every time I approach, they're like, ooh, what you got so, there? Insider tip. <laughs> The beetles are so, they're really affected by temperature. So earlier in the morning when it's cooler, you can knock them off Uh and move it all. You just knock the plant plant they're on and they just fall in to whatever, all of them. And then they don't try to fly away because they're all sleepy. That's awesome. Yeah. That is very good intel. So I would like to introduce you, if I may, um, for our listeners. I'm talking to my good friend, Nikki, who, as you may have guessed, lives in Central Park, wants chickens, and has a pretty extensive gardening background. So you know all the tips and tricks on 
how to get rid of Japanese beetles and all that. (laughs) So the most effective one is backyard chickens. Really? I mean, okay. Cause they can eat a ton of them and they're so good for the rest of your garden because they aerate with their feet and they're Mm -hmm. pecking and they're good for your blood pressure. They're really cute too. Yeah. They're like really awkward and (laughs) nervous and, and they, they have like these like hilarious feet Everything about them is just, I just love watching the chickens. And I've never really thought of myself as someone who would ever say that. So there that is I was anti-chicken sci- before. There's scientific proof that chickens lower your blood pressure. That really? like owning and caring for chickens can lower uh-huh. your blood pressure by like 10 or 15 points. Like a, like not, like a not insignificant amount. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's like a fish tank. It's like getting a fish tank. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, so. They're just like making their little noises and doing their little thing. And yeah, it's soothing. And you have to like slow down and go feed them and, you know, take care of yeah. them. Yeah. Stick to a schedule. Be yeah. accountable. <laughs> it's like really low key parenting. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be so easy? You're like, I'm just going to go out and feed the kids and then we'll feed them again tonight. I've got to let them out of their coop. <laughs> oh, it's cold. Give I'm just going to keep them in the coop today. It's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked chickens about a week ago. Yes. And we when did. we talked chickens... You told me that one of the reasons that David is kind of wary of them is because you guys used to live in Hawaii and the rooster situation in Hawaii is like insane. And I thought your story was so amazing and hilarious that I wanted to get it on tape. (laughs) Yeah. So Island roosters are a thing. Every like throughout the Caribbean and throughout Hawaii, at least, um, I assume that they're probably a thing everywhere because they're islands and they get away and then you just have wild chickens. But in Hawaii, um, it's they're particularly they're almost always roosters, never just like nice little chickens that lay eggs. Um, and they come and they roost in your trees at dusk. And so if you can get them to not roost in your tree at night, then they won't wake you up every time they crow, which is not just when the sun comes up. It is when a car drives by. It is when someone makes like someone sneezes real loud. (laughs) They crow all the time. And so my husband, David, when we lived in Makawa, we had this big, huge olive tree. It was uh, like a 120 year old olive tree from China. Um, and he would go out every night at dusk with the hose and he would hose the roosters out of the tree every night. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, and, but every night they would come back. <laughs> is that, is that the one or are you talking about uh, the big gigantic rooster in Kula? Oh, I mean, I loved all the stories. I, I want to hear about the big gigantic rooster too. It was. We called him Saddam because it was not that far after 9-11. <laughs> you know what, Nikki? I'm sorry. Your voice cut out just a tiny bit. Could you say one more time what you called this rooster? We called him Saddam. 
<laughs> as in Saddam Hussein. <laughs> he was like a gigantic dictator rooster who there was no other roosters within a mile of our house, but he was gigantic. He was like two feet tall. He was the most beautiful bird I've ever seen. Like all the colors you uh-huh. think of, the red and gold and green feathers and he would run through the cane grass (laughs) and his crow was tremendous and when we lived there David actually started to get an appreciation because he was such a magnificent animal like he David was like I can't spray him with the hose He's like, it's like humiliating for such a magnificent bird. And so we actually just lived in harmony with Saddam for a year when we lived in Kula. Wow. Not a lot of people can say that. <laughs> but he also, he was our only rooster. Cause, so because he kept all the uh-huh. other, he was the dominant rooster on, you know, the mountainside there. Yeah. <laughs> so we only had him. <laughs> If you happen to have any photographs of Saddam, I would love to see them someday. I will have to look. It would be like old, like Facebook posts. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll creep on your page. <laughs> I think though, I think we lived in Kula pre-Facebook. I might have been on MySpace then. Woo! Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining a two foot tall rooster. It just sounds terrifying, he was, honestly. <laughs> he was such a beautiful bird, though. I mean, honestly, like he was magnificent. He was like, I, I believe it. So I guess, um, I guess there's people that collect rooster art. And he would be like the kind of rooster that you would see like a photograph of on someone's wall. He would just okay the With classic like the tail feathers. island rooster yeah. in the like cane grass. Really, I hope okay. I do have a picture, but I doubt it. Do you know, it was like <laughs> I think it was pre-smartphone. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Isn't Nikki great? Well, I wanted to remind you, we're going back in time now a couple of months, and we're going to listen to a little brief interview that my son allowed for. And his name is Zephyr, and it was very nice of him to agree to this interview. So thank you, Zephyr. And um, I just wanted to share, when we first got the chickens, Zephyr felt pretty awkward with them, and they were also very nervous with him. We did a little research online and he learned how to hold and pet them in a way that makes them feel safe and secure. I will always remember his look of surprise and pride when it clicked for him and a fluffy yellow chick with big twiggy feet sat calmly in his hand as he gently stroked her throat. So Zephyr, tell me the proper way to pet a chicken. Neck. On the neck? Mm -hmm. Do you pet up on the neck? Down. Down on the neck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me which chicken is your favorite chicken. All you, of them. Yeah. You don't have a favorite, huh? Because they're all awesome. They are all awesome and cute. Do you remember the day that we got the chickens? Yes. What do you remember about that day? They were small. 
They were so small. <laughs> I could yeah. pick them up. Yeah. I got worried that they'd poop on my hand. Did they? No. No. But I got worried. Yeah. What did they feel like in your hand? Scratchy. From their little scratchy feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about their new chicken coop outside? Robux. Oh, really? I didn't know that that had anything to do with chicken coops. <sighs> Game over review. All right, thank you. Some of you listeners out there may know the video game that Zephyr was referencing, Roblox. It's kind of a big deal in our house, and I'm pretty sure Zephyr wanted out of our conversation so he could go play. Now I'll share the chicken convo that Thomas and I had later that morning. Remember, this was a few months ago before the chickens started to lay eggs. Oh, but first I have to share with you, um, the night before this interview, Thomas found a Muppets version of Hamilton online. So let me play a little clip for you so that it will make sense when he bursts out into chicken song. Daddy said like to be home by sundown. Yeah, but daddy said not to go downtown. Like I said, you're free to go. Okay, Thomas, what I really want to know is, do chickens increase property values? I don't have any evidence to suggest one way or another. Okay, here are my thoughts on chickens and property values. Yeah. It depends on the area. If you're in an area where it's not allowed, it's obviously a liability. So that's a hit to your property value. Mm -hmm. Or if it's implemented in a way that like violates code or HOA regulations or whatever mm-hmm. in some way, then that's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So when we were living in Stapleton, I like heard about this family that was raising chickens in like one of those courtyards where like they don't have their own like personal backyard. Uh huh. I mean, they have technically a lot, but like it's on a courtyard, and like it just sounded like a bad scenario all around. And I think I saw that as someone was posting because, like, one of their neighbors was complaining about it. So they were raising chickens on communal space? I'm not clear. Maybe it was, I know like, that in their little like side yard they're using it in their garage and I think in their side yard. But it was just in a situation where it didn't make any sense, though. Maybe it made sense for them. I don't know. The only transaction that I've had where chickens were involved, the chickens weren't a plus or a minus. What was that? The house over on Quay. The owners were that were selling it had chickens. Okay. And they're moving like to Parker or something like that. Mm. And, and they couldn't take their chickens. Yeah, they're because moving. of like HOA. Yeah. That sort of thing. Okay, so I think another factor that could affect property value is how cute the coop is. Sure. Like, if it's super cute, I think that for some people, that would have, like, an emotional pull. Sure. I mean, but I suspect most people selling their home would take their chickens with them. 
and potentially their coop with them as long as the coop was like movable. You would think that about hot tubs too, wouldn't you? Man, I feel like everybody who tries to sell a home with a hot tub tries to take it with them. Yeah. I don't like. I don't even understand that. It's like a ridiculous moving chore. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? Like, didn't you have a client once that was moving into an RV and they're like, hot tubs excluded from the deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like going to go on a road trip. I think if you had a super cute chicken coop, it would just like make the pictures look cuter. It's kind of like staging, even if the coop gets removed. Yeah. But I've seen most chicken coops are not cute. Yeah. Like ours. I would, I would not call our chicken coop cute, Yeah, but it's very well built and well designed. Yeah, now you're just kissing my butt. <laughs> Trying to make me feel better about my shoddy carpentry skills. No, it's awesome. It's just not one, it's not a designer chicken coop. I know. You know, like supposedly Reese Witherspoon has a chicken coop. It's probably cuter than our chicken coop. I would hope so. <laughs> I think it comes down to whether or not the neighborhood is urban farm friendly. Sure. So Wheat Ridge obviously is one of the most urban farm friendly areas in the metro area. Do you know where else? I don't know. I mean, I suspect most places that don't have HOAs. <laughs> I mean, Denver has like... You can have chickens in Denver. Yeah, they but actually... they have like regulations for it. They have regulations, but they also... Um, uh, I mean, I, like to go back and actually look at the details of this, but the Car Cottage Garden Act, I believe, allows people to sell um, like produce and eggs from their backyard garden. Colorado Cottage Foods Act, passed in 2012, amended in 2015, allows small-scale res residential preparation and sales of food products without retail food licensing. Wow, I did not know about that. And this is Colorado? This is a state state legislation? Well, I'm not clear on that because all of the sites that this this links, it, it, it has the Denver letterhead yeah. and all the sites are Denver sites. Okay. So I believe it's Denver specific. Um, and I mean, the concept is to kind of better address food security in those underserved neighborhoods in Denver and just something that is available in the possibility. I don't know of anyone who like actively like has a backyard cottage foods business in Denver, but I'm sure they're out there. Do you know someone who maybe you grew up with who would have utilized this? No, because <laughs> she wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have to do like? Do you have to? It sounds like the legislation is you can do it, and you don't have to like report it. You have to get a permit. Oh, you don't need a license, but you need a permit? Yeah, no proof of residency is required. Any owner or renter who lives in Denver may apply for a permit. And so, my mother, who did this her whole life, we, we lived did in... Did you guys ever have chickens? No. Keep going. Um, but I bet you, if my mom was alive and saw that we had chickens, she'd, she'd want, want chickens. some chickens. <laughs> What my mom did was so off the radar because, like, it didn't affect white people at all. So I don't think she would ever... white people are the radar? Uh, they're usually the ones that complain about things that bug them. Like, 
for like I've a, never heard of that. What like you you've never heard of like a white person calling the cops on like kids selling lemonade? Joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when you're joking. I don't know how dense you are. <laughs> okay, so tell me more about your mom's side hustles. Uh, I think we just basically had two side hustles. Like okay. one was growing a variety of produce. Uh-huh. The first, the first one was always growing a variety of produce from Southeast Asia with a focus on Thailand. Mm-hmm. And she would sell those to local uh, markets and to certain individuals that mm-hmm. um, wanted to buy them in bulk. Where did she get her seeds? It's none of your business. <laughs> I'm not sure where she gave she originally. Who wants to know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she got them from somewhere, but I mean, she uh, became skilled in saving seeds so year after year. So, like, she would grow plants and then, like, save her favorite seeds and, like... So, one time you told me that the... And then the other hustle. Wait, but first, the kaffir lime leaves? Yeah. You one time told me that those, like, she had, like, a really extensive network of restaurants that bought those from her. Even in Colorado, right? She lived in California. Yeah, well, she, she made, came and visited you here. Yeah, and made like, contacts I, at the Thai market. I I took her to the Thai market, and she hit it off with the woman there. Her they her, had the same they name. Had the same name, right? And like, yeah, and like, then she passed the the woman who owned the the market passed her contact info to a couple of restaurant owners, and my dad still sends um, produce. To Colorado? Yep. How long ago? Wait, they came to visit when Zephyr was born. Yeah, 2011. Okay, I have some questions for you. So what inspired you to get some backyard chickens? Uh, There was an egg shortage at all the grocery stores. It was hard to come by uh, eggs. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I've thought about chickens for a long time. You've brought it up many times, and it kind of always was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do And, like, didn't, we had a lot of time hanging around the house and not a lot of stuff to do. Not enough so, chickens. So not enough chickens to keep us busy. So it's just like, <laughs> let's do this. Um, and, I mean, the fortunate thing is I realized just get the chicks first, get the whole, like, brooder kit mm-hmm. that they sell at over at a... Is it Wardle feed? Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't remember if it's Wardle or War Warble. I want it to be Warble, but it's Wardle. It's Wardle. Um, so you get. We went and got that whole kit, the brooder kit. And it's like okay, we have like eight weeks in this little incubator set, and I have eight weeks to just like get my crap together and build that coop. <laughs> so, so what what comes in a brooder kit? Oh, it's, I mean, it's more or less just, like, a plastic bin with um, a hole cut out in the, on one of the lids um, where you can put a heat lamp in it. Mm-hmm. And then with their kit, they give you a thermometer, which I broke immediately. Um, Hi, Dad! Okay, so the brooder box, you broke the thermometer immediately. And then there, it came with a... Like a watering dish and a feeder <laughs> and a bag of 
scratch cedar cha- shavings oh, that's and right. and um, chick feed. So I mean that's more or less it. And they just live. Uh, they lived in our house for about eight weeks or so. It was actually closer to nine. So we went over where to buy them. Mm-hmm. How did you figure out how many to get? I don't really think I gave it that much thought. Okay. I mean. You chose five yeah. randomly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are they loud? Not that loud. I mean, they make noise. Do they smell? Uh, yes. What can you do to mitigate the smell? Well, you make sure the space is clean. Okay. And dry. You know, if, if the chips get wet and it mixes in with the poop, you get, like, really bad ammonia smell, which is re- really bad for the chicks. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... It's gonna it's gonna stink a little bit as long as you stay on top of keeping their uh, brooder clean. Um, it should be fine. Okay. Will they fly away? Uh, no. <laughs> they can't really fly very far. They can uh, fly like sh- for the very short spurts. Are you guys talking about the chickens? We are. Chicken. So they can fly for short spurts. Mm-hmm. What do you feed them? Well, when they're in the brooder box, uh, they eat uh, chick food. Chick like feed. baby food? Yeah. Chicken. Chicken, chicken. Yeah, so it has a higher protein content. Oh. Um, and the, the protein content uh, kind of levels down as they get older. How does winter work? Well, uh, when they grow out feathers, um, that helps them uh, keep warm and, I mean... In a place like Colorado, where it gets cold in the winter, you want to make sure you have a breed that's uh, relatively hardy. But um, for the most part, they don't mind the cold that much, though they hate the snow. Okay. So uh, one of the decisions I made with our our chicken run is to to put an actual roof on it Mm -hmm. instead of just doing chicken wire over the top so that uh, it'll help keep the snow out and they'll come outside. Um, otherwise, they'll probably just spend the entire winter um, in the coop. In the coop. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to clean it more frequently. Yeah. Um, what is the best thing that you bought or built so far for your life as a chicken daddy? Mm. The waterer that I got uh, for the chicken run is actually pretty convenient because it holds so much water and stays relatively clean. Without them, a uh, big problem we had was they kept kicking their their wood chips all into the bowl, mm-hmm. and it would just like fill up, and it was a pain in the butt. Yeah, what to do with those wet chips? Um, so I'm happy with that. The feeders should be nice once they're fully like using it, but they're still training to use the feeder, and it's mainly a rat-proof thing. But I think really my favorite things that I've built are. Um, inside their coop, which is, we converted our shed, I, I put in a window, mm-hmm. and then I... Two I, windows. Yeah, I put in two windows, but one window I put a little lower, and um, I made it so that uh, their, I um, can't remember the name of... Are they like roosting bars? Yeah, the roosting bars, thank you. Kept wanting to say brooding, but that's a completely different thing. So the roosting, the roosting bars... 
uh, allow for them to sit on the roosting bars so they can look out the window while on the roosting bars and it's super cute to see like all five of them huddled up to the window looking at us right after they go to sleep every night. That's awesome. Also, it allows for them to poop in one place. Oh, <laughs> that'll make cleaning easier. Uh, yeah. Puffus came to visit you for scritches. Mm-hmm. Puffus likes the chickens. Yeah, the dogs are very interested in the chickens. Especially when they can startle them. Mm-hmm. It's the best part. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that sometimes when me and Zephyr are on the trampoline or in the pool, the chickens watch us. Mm. I really like that they'll eat weeds. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of, like, they kind of like me now. Like, when you walk out there, I'm guessing they, like, kind of walk up to you, mm-hmm. right? It makes me feel like a chicken whisperer. Mm-hmm. I think the, our favorite discovery so far, though, has to be uh, the pursuit of the worm. Yes. And one day I noticed, I walked outside and I saw all the chickens running around. It seemed unusual and I was, was worried, like, maybe there was a predator in there or something. And then I looked a little closer and there's they were all chasing one chicken. And that one chicken had a worm in its mouth. <laughs> And, like, they just kept chasing that chicken until she dropped the worm. Uh-huh. And then another one would pick it up, and then they'd all chase that chicken. <laughs> and they'd keep going until someone, like, just finally ate the worm. Uh, worst day ever for the worm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, later that day, I found a few worms, and I gave them. And what I should have done was, like, give them one worm at a time, mm-hmm. let them, like, chase each other around, and then give them another worm. But I just, like, give them, like, all four worms all at once. And the first three got eaten by, like, the bigger chickens. Mm -hmm. But then the last one, one of the smaller chickens, found it. And nobody knew she had the worm. And then she started, like, running around with the worm dangling from her beak. Mm -hmm. And they... It still took them a while to to recognize that she was running around with a worm in her beak. Mm -hmm. And it just raises the question for me, like... If she had just quietly eaten that worm, she could have had the whole worm. Mm-hmm. Do you think running around, like, do you think the chicken finds the worm and they're like, oh, what do I do with this? This thing's wiggly. Like, it's too big to eat in one bite. I don't know. And they start running around. Because it, it, to an onlooker, it looks like they're running around because the other chickens are chasing them. Mm-hmm. But this one started running around before the other chickens even noticed. Mm-hmm. And it also like makes you wonder if the chicken is showing off. Mm-hmm. And is there like gained status? I don't know. <laughs> In being the holder of the worm? I want to know. Well, we're going to have to go find our worm guy. Yeah, definitely. And get more worms. Let's do it this weekend. Yep. All right. Cool. All right, really quickly, I'm going to tell you some Casa Bonita trivia, and you're going to be psyched. Ready? How do you pronounce it? Casa Bonita. Um, I've, I've found that when I listen to myself saying it, I sound very Southern. Mm. Casa Bonita. Bonita. Yeah, I, like, emphasize the bow. Um... So, it was founded in 1968 by a guy named Bill Waugh. 
as okay. you know, in Oklahoma City, right off Route 66. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakewood location was opened in early 1974 on Colfax, a- Colfax Avenue, mm-hmm. also known as U.S. Highway 40. Legend has it that Playboy may have once called Colfax the longest, wickedest street in America. I've never heard that before. But nobody can find the actual quote, so it's just a legend. Yeah. Um, This location in Lakewood used to have strolling fire jugglers as part of their act, which I don't remember seeing when we went there. No, it was definitely not there. But that was shut down in 2019 due to fire code. They also have strolling mariachis, as you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's called an entertainment establishment. Mm-hmm. And for people who haven't been, um, some of the other things that there's like cliff divers, and there's a puppet theater, and there's an arcade, and there's a gift shop. And in 2015, this location in Lakewood got historic landmark status. Wow. (laughs) So before we move on to the final interview, I just wanted to clarify that I was born in Texas and my mom is a hardcore Southerner. And I, I, in saying that I sound like a Southerner, it's not some weird um, dig at anyone or at any speech patterns. It's just me observing my my own speech patterns (laughs) I moved to California from Texas when I was 14 so I have this split identity um, in a lot of ways including in the way that I talk so the final interview in this whole chicken story is with Thomas again it's me and Thomas talking about the chickens and this new development of their magnificent egg laying. I also asked Thomas to weigh in because of course he also knows Nikki and David. And I told him that David was a little on the fence about chickens and if there was anything that he wanted to share that would help with the decision, um, please do. And so Thomas adds some stuff in there just for David and really anyone else who's on the fence thinking about, do I want to get chickens? Do I not want to get chickens? So here we go. So how long ago did the chickens start laying eggs? It's been like two weeks. It's been about three weeks since the first chicken started. So like the, I guess the older chickens started a full week before, um, the other three started. So all of them have been laying uh, for a full two weeks. Oh, you know? so that was my next question. Are they all laying now? Yeah, I think so. It's, have, um, have we had it's a hard... five egg day? No. We have not had a five egg day yet. That I can tell. I mean, they might have snuck it in there and I just collected it at the wrong time. But they're, uh, you know, we, we've been getting a lot of four egg days. So the two uh, blonde ones, they're called Easter eggers, and so the eggs that they lay are like a greenish tint, a light greenish tint, like a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a pastel green. And then the Partridge Rock chickens are laying brown eggs. 
And when they, the first eggs that they all were laying were quite small. They were tiny. Uh-huh. Um, now they're starting to resemble an egg you might see in the store. But they're still, I mean, they're still quite smaller than, you know, the extra large, the jumbos that you see at the grocery store aisle. Do you have any idea how they get those eggs so big? I'm guessing growth hormones. I don't know. <laughs> like they're like pumping the chickens with HGH. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually CGH. <laughs> no, it's HGH. That's how they get chicken arms. So, if any of our listeners are wondering what in the world we're talking about, HGH stands for Human Growth Hormone. And there are some amazing human-like arms that you can buy as accessories for chickens. They hang around the neck and it looks like a... It makes the chicken look like a tough dude with arms (laughs) hanging off. They're swole. They're swole. (laughs) Which we haven't gotten those yet, but give me time. Yeah. Give me time. Yeah. Shout out to Meredith for tipping us off on this. Yes. Um, So, yeah, they've they've been acting, you know, a little different. It seems like they've calmed down quite a bit uh, with us or... um, they do get a little bit more territorial, like when I go in to collect the eggs. Oh, they yeah? are like, "Hey, what are you doing? What's going on? What do you think you're doing?" And like, they kind of stand their ground a little bit more. Oh, I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't attack me or anything, but it just seems like they they will come into the coop to check in on me and what I'm doing. And just kind of sit there. And I would use this as an opportunity to kind of pet them and uh, hold them from time to time. You go to collect eggs and the chickens come in and they're like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) 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 That's mine, but whatever. (laughs) They're like passive aggressive about it. Mm -hmm. Do you think if we had a rooster, the rooster would be like... The rooster would attack. the hell off. But roosters, I mean, are they protective of eggs specifically? or They're just protective of their flock. Yeah. And... I mean, I I guess that doesn't make them jerks, like, in the big scheme of things. But, like, for human purposes, they're jerks. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, we had... When I was living over at the J Street Co-op in Davis... Uh, we got some chickens and one of them uh, accidentally was a rooster. Uh Uh-huh. Like, we didn't know because you don't know until, like, they just start showing. Are you allowed to have a rooster in the Davis city limits? I don't think so. We we did get rid of it. Okay. But, I mean, basically the way that we found out is, um, like, you know, we'd go and, like, someone would have the chore to let the chickens out uh-huh. each day. Uh-huh. And it was, it was my turn one day, and I was like, okay, where are the chickens? They're not coming out. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, this, like, cocky, fast-moving chicken comes running down the ramp like it's a professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> With its theme music. Did it have, like, a metal chair? <laughs> no. But it was it, it was just, like, it was full-on, like, 
in attack mode. <laughs> it threw its wings up at me and then like just lunged at me immediately. What did you do? I like got the heck out of there. <laughs> it's just like I not getting paid enough to get attacked by a rooster right now. But like yeah, that guy was mean day one. So Coco Vaughn for dinner? I can't remember what happened to that chicken. You don't remember? I don't remember. I think we found, like, we rehomed it. I know. So, you know this story, Thomas. When I, when we were in college, I lived in the domes at UC Davis, which is an on-campus, like, housing cooperative type thing. And, um, and I lived in a dome with two other people Mm -hmm. and before i moved in there was this the legend of chester Mm -hmm. did you yeah i I, I was attacked by chester once okay so so jump in and like fill in if i'm like telling the story wrong but chester was a rooster he was notoriously mean Mm -hmm. right and um the university told the people at the domes that they had to like get rid of him because he attacked a child Mm -hmm. that's what happened Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so but he was kind of like the mascot of the domes and everybody loved him weirdly um (laughs) this was before my time so Mm -hmm. i can judge them and they had like this very visible like chicken dinner Mm -hmm. and told the university that it was chester but it was like some other chicken and they like put chester in witness protection and like saved him and then I don't know what happened to him after that. Do you? I don't he know. He just lived out his days. I don't know. I don't know what happened. If anyone knows what happened to Chester. Yeah. Contact Claire. Yeah, you can You can actually, if you go to anchor.com, you can leave a voice message and I'll include it. I'll, I'll update this episode to include it and then I'll also include it in a future episode. So please tell us the story. We'd love to hear it. Um, I want you to share for our listeners the differences between store-bought eggs and these eggs. So you already mentioned the store-bought eggs are humongous because of the chicken growth hormone. I'm just (laughs) sticking with my CGH uh, (laughs) claims. And and then another thing you've pointed out to me is that the shells of the chickens that the shells of the, the eggs we're getting are like much thicker they're harder than what you get the in store eggs yeah so what's up with that um it's just a sign of a healthier chicken happier chicken healthier layer you know they're they i mean a thick shell just like they're it, getting better nutrition basically mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so what are what are you feeding these chickens uh it's mostly a scratch mix uh-huh um that is just a bunch of different types of seeds yeah um we'll feed them uh table scraps like lettuce um other vegetables that are left over in the kitchen uh we still will pick up some weeds around the yard we got to be careful though because i mean there's some some that are not healthy for chickens but yeah they especially love dandelions they do they do love the dandelion. Um, and they're normal feed. So I just switched them off of um, 
their their grower feed, which had a higher protein content mm-hmm. uh, to their egg layer uh, feed, which it lowers the protein content, puts a bit more like filler in there, uh, allows for them to, I don't know, uh, they they need to worry less about growing and more about producing eggs. Okay. So okay. They don't need as much protein. Yeah. And then every morning, you give them treats. How do you treat a chicken? Uh, well, we have dried uh, mealworms uh-huh. that we give them, and they love those things. Uh, so that's their, their favorite treat. They still, like, love when we can give them uh, fresh worms, mm-hmm. which uh, we haven't done for a while, so we need to see our worm guy again. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean that those are, those are the main things. Uh, I do have these things. I can't remember what they're called, but like they remind me of when you went to those like festivals on the West Coast. They look and smell like these things called ganja goo balls. <laughs> they're just like round, and I think like they have like a sticky substance to them. That's they, they're exactly like ganja goo balls. Are, were ganja goo balls that size? I always imagined they were bigger. Bigger, they were yeah. Bigger. Okay, they were bigger, but it was basically the same concept. Like you put like nuts and seeds inside it, and you like held it together with like peanut butter. Uh-huh. These are, I think, are held together with like uh, like dates or something like that. Uh huh. And it just like has kind of like protein pack seeds in there and stuff like that. So the chickens uh, eat their ganja goo balls and bliss yeah. out. Zephyr and I have been talking about uh, when we start making our jack-o'-lanterns, we're going to start giving them some pumpkin seeds. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap it up? Um, the chickens are awesome, man. Like, they're having a good time, laying lots of eggs. Uh, I kind of feel like this has been a great experience for our whole family though uh it seems like we need to do better job of eating eggs now it's (laughs) it's kind of like eating out of a fire hose uh attached to a chicken's butt that's gross (laughs) (laughs) well fun fact it does come out of the same sphincter the eggs come out of the same sphincter as uh, they poop out of. All right. But there's a different, like, tube section. So, like, there's an egg section and, uh, you know, the poop section. And they have, you know, they form a Y right at the sphincter. It's so kind of like, like when, um, like, uh, you have a duplex and they share a sewer line. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... You know, just know that it's not completely poop-covered. Do you have anything that you'd like to say directly to David? Something that Nikki mentioned that is of interest is, like, the stress reduction qualities of having chickens in your life. Because they're just, like, a peaceful presence. Hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. They are. They're very common. They're just, uh... Yeah, they're like they're interested in the humans they always like they're at full attention to see like what we're up to like next whenever whenever we swing by um and i mean the the quality of eggs is you can't even compare like 
the chicken eggs, the fresh chicken eggs are just so much better than the store-bought eggs. Yeah. Zephyr, our son, had the opportunity to eat the first two eggs, right? Yeah. He ate those, and then he's like, I'm not eating store-bought eggs anymore. Basically, yeah. No, we got a real <laughs> spoiled kid on our hands. But, yeah, it doesn't compare. Um, I mean, I personally think, and I'm sure there's people out there that will refute me, but, like, they're relatively easy, low-maintenance creatures. Yeah. Um, you know, they mostly take care of themselves. Like once they figure out their, their routine, they're in and out of their, their, um, chicken coop at the appropriate times. Yeah. Um, if you're smarter than me, you'll get a automatic door installed, which I haven't done yet, but within the next month, I'll get the automatic (laughs) door going. So I don't have to like run out there to open and close the chicken coop. And I mean... Yeah, like, even in a more, like, suburban setting, like, where they live, it's probably even easier to take care of them because you don't nearly have to worry about all the predators that I um, am constantly worried about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One thing that I have been challenged with uh, that I was really afraid of was rats. Might have just talked them out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of it is... uh, The the first issue is... There are already rats in that shed Uh beforehand. Like, when I was cleaning out the shed, like, I found droppings. Like, all over the corner and the floor. And it's like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Um, Two, uh, you know, we have a big property and we, like... uh, That corner... Has we have our big shed, and then our neighbors have a couple of sheds over there. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of, like, a couple of, like, just natural rat hiding sp- spaces mm-hmm. where they've been living for a while. And so uh, once I had the, the chicken run going, uh, they started burrowing underneath. Um, and, like, in some parts, it's like they burrow underneath from the neighbor's property all the way to inside the the chicken run um and you know like we have a rat proof feeder it's a treadle feeder that um the chickens can open and close on demand Mm -hmm. and you just make sure that's closed at night so that the rats aren't getting into like their actual feed and carrying disease and whatnot um and and then on top of that i just i spent a few few nights just setting up traps inside the the run after the chickens go to sleep and uh took care of a a lot of them really quickly and then you mail the dead rats to our enemies right of course yeah um well i appreciate your time and i uh i really love having the chickens the eggs are insanely delicious I've never had such good eggs in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to make myself some eggs right now. Well, that sounds amazing. Maybe you could make me some. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now it's time for our final segment. It's a new segment that was introduced on episode four, Walking Denver with Chris. It's in the tradition of Lewis Black on The Daily Show and Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes. And another thing with my favorite curmudgeon, Thomas Spar. And another thing. And another thing. I, okay, I gotta say, paper straws 
suck. Oh, tell me more. Do you hate the environment? God. Uh, kind of. So in 2018, simpler times, straws were like the worst thing alive. Okay. Like, we, yes. We didn't I have to worry this. about COVID. Yeah. Like whatever. Straws were the worst. Uh-huh. They were killing all the turtles and dolphins. Yeah. Like everybody was just like, fuck straws. Get them out of our drinks. Yep. We don't want plastic straws anymore. Okay. You know, the truth is straws plastic straws account for uh 0.025 percent of the 8 million tons of plastic flow into the ocean every year well 0.025 percent is 0.025 percent it's it's something yeah but it's not everything okay but as a result companies and municipalities began banning straws which it created a whole nother mess like um some businesses specifically asian businesses like uh those boba shops had a hard time getting straws that would like fit their needs so like san francisco went and banned all straws and then some businesses couldn't like operate within the band because their business was dependent on straws and there was like a backlog of like demand for biodegradable straws like the, the supply had not yet caught like, up, caught up okay. because all of a sudden people needed a lot of these things like whatever so i mean it was so it disproportionately it, affected boba shops exactly okay. which is that racist is it <laughs> i don't know you tell me Whitey. i don't know you tell me <laughs> You know, so ultimately, I don't care about banning straws. Like, I'm cool with it. Like, I, I'm, I don't like using straws. Like, save the turtles. Cool. That's great. Let's ban more plastics. Um, straws, like, even have negative consequences for users. It creates this thing called smoker's lips. Ooh. A bunch of wrinkles. So if you Sounds use straws nasty. too much, yeah, your your lips get all like wrinkly and puckered up like a butthole. Okay, gross. Uh, yeah. It, also because of you sucking up more air through the straw. Uh huh. Excessive gas and bloating. Ooh. Which nobody likes like, that. Well, yeah, and like you know that I fart a lot. Like it's correct. If straws are causing me to fart, maybe I shouldn't be using a straw. You definitely shouldn't be using a straw to drink milk. This is true. <laughs> for anybody that wants to know i'm lactose intolerant too <laughs> thanks claire for outing my lactose intolerance hey man i can edit it out if you want me to <laughs> it also stains uh, your back teeth and a lot of people suspect that it gets you drunker faster and there's a lot of harebrained theories around this but mainly it causes you to drink faster. more without thinking about it yeah so you wind up getting drunk faster, which is not good for anyone. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you're like consuming soda or something like that, you consume more soda in less time. Like, you, like you, you just don't want to consume more of anything unless it's just straight up water. Okay. Then. So on the flip side, we could apply this strategically. Like, let's say you're drinking some like spinach juice and you don't like the flavor of it, but you're just trying to get vegetables into your body as quickly as possible drink it with a straw it'll be over faster yeah cool whatever but use a reusable straw so why did we like land upon paper straws in the first place like whose idea was this like paper straws were what people used 
before they invented plastic straws. Okay. So you're saying it's, we're regressing. We're regressing as a society now. <laughs> and I mean, when you just start off, like it has an unpleasant feel on the lips. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Like, you're just like, oh, what is this? My lips don't belong on this. I'm, I'm sure you've had that feeling before, right, Claire? Yeah. And it's followed you're going to relate to this as well by a slightly unpleasant taste. Mm. And that's kind of like, it's the taste of the paper dissolving into your drink over time. Oh yeah. That's kind of gross. Yes. And then the paper gets soggier over like over time, which makes it means that you need to drink your liquid faster to avoid (laughs) the inevitable like slog of like your straw just coming apart in your beverage gross yeah no it's kind of like straw boogers yeah no it's just like why 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 are we doing this to ourselves and then i mean what's even funnier is mcdonald's like to get great pr they decided they were going to transfer to uh these paper straws for all of their UK locations. Okay. Turns out their plastic straws were recyclable. Their <laughs> paper straws were not. <laughs> <laughs> so there was backlash about that. And I mean, like, so we're regressing as a society. Like, we shouldn't be, like, turning to single-use disposables as a solution to, it, like, an environmental problem. We shouldn't be turning to single-use disposables as a solution to single-use disposables. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, that's my point. But more of my point is paper straws are disgusting and, like, I hate using them and I'm always, like, just appalled and shocked when they're in my drink. Like, I immediately throw it away. I don't even use it. I just pull the lid off and start drinking out of the cup, which... I don't know why more companies like have the solution that Starbucks came up with. They like they have sippy cups now. Yeah, which is, sippy cups. Yes, it is dope. It's just like it has a little lip, and you know the the lid prevents like spillage. Like if it gets jostled around or if it's in your cup holder of your car, but like you can kind of just like sip your drink, um, like a normal adult human being and you don't have this stupid little paper straw that's making your drink disgusting and just dissolving in your beverage you don't have to rush to drink your beverage in 10 minutes or less all right point taken i do think that we need to have exceptions for people with disabilities though if people are really hung up on straws we should be able to byo our own stuff Especially when we get out of the pandemic, of course, because like right now, nobody will let us bring our own containers into stuff. But yeah, I mean, and then it's like, let's get it together. Let's like make promote more use of the sippy cup if we're going to use disposable containers. So I just want to get rid of the paper straw. You you said drink out of a sippy cup like an adult. Shut up. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> just checking just checking <laughs> <laughs> and another thing <laughs> thanks for joining me this week on the Casa Bonita podcast if you liked this show you might like working with me and my colleagues at Bluebird Real Estate Group a top ranked totally independent 
locally owned boutique real estate brokerage serving the greater Denver and Boulder areas. We always love talking shop, especially if you're thinking about buying or selling a home yourself. You can find us online at bluebirddenver.com or call our office at 720-989-1362. Need help finding a great agent to work with somewhere else? Drop us a line. We'll interview agents for you and even negotiate a contribution towards your closing costs. We look forward to hearing from you. This episode was recorded and edited by me. Music is by Diala. You can follow the Casa Bonita podcast on Facebook by the same name and on Twitter and Instagram handle at Casa Bonita pod. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes when they're available. And if you really want to give this show a boost, give us a positive review in Apple podcasts or wherever you are listening. Thanks. You're awesome.